0: Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who gonna survive? Who be next to fall? It might be today. It might be tomorrow. So until I get the call, I'ma say I did it all. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who gonna survive? Who be next to fall? It might be today. It might be tomorrow. So until I get the call, I'ma say I did it all. Welcome to Sub Media Reviews, the podcast that never needs spoiler alerts because it takes you back in time to relive the nostalgia of classic TV shows and films that you've probably already seen. I'm your host, Kiara, and each week I'll dive into the archives to bring you my take on movies and TV shows from at least 20 years ago. From cult classics to forgotten gems, I'll review them all and give my honest opinion on their impact and whether or not they still hold up today. Join me as we revisit the iconic characters, memorable moments, and timeless themes that made these shows and films so special. So take a break from adulting and get ready for a trip down memory lane with sub Media Reviews. What's up, Home Slices? Thanks so much for tuning into Submedia Reviews. I'm your host, Kiara, and before we dive into the review today, I want to plug next week's episode. Next Tuesday for our 25th episode, I'll be reviewing Shrek with Aaron and Jesse, the host of the super cool podcast The Cage Queens. On The Cage Queens, they only review movies featuring Nicolas Cage, which is a hilarious and fantastic idea for a podcast. They have over 50 episodes and are working their way through his works chronologically, so I suggest you head over to wherever you find podcasts and give them a listen. I recorded an episode of Cage Queens with them on the 2011 film Outcast and it is available now anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm so excited to have them join me next week so you should join us as well. This time around, though, I am stoked to review the amazing 2001 horror film, 13 Ghosts. It's a modern remake of the 1960 horror film of the same name. The movie features Tony Shalhoub as Arthur Criticos, Shannon Elizabeth as Kathy Criticos, and Beth Davids as Kalina Orizia, and Matthew Lillard as Dennis Rafkin. Once again, I'm not a big horror film enthusiast, but I do enjoy movies and TV about ghosts and psychic abilities, but only if they aren't super scary. This movie, a Hollywood Halloween must watch for me fits that category. My sister Arabia, who you may remember from her guest appearances here on the reviews of Monsters, Inc., Fifth Element, and The Cheetah Girls is a lover of scary films. And she's here once again to review 13 Ghosts with me. Say hi, Arabia. What's up, everybody? I was pleasantly surprised to learn that she loved this movie as much as I did. So I'm very happy that she's here. As always, here are some fun facts about the movie. In the movie, the characters need special glasses to see the ghost. In the original 13 Ghosts from 1960, viewers needed special glasses to see the ghost. This is one of the few details from the original that was kept. I feel like that's actually pretty cool. So I actually saw a trailer. Arabia, I sent you the trailer. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. But I saw a trailer of the original 13 ghosts from 1960. It was in black and white, of course. And if you're looking at the screen unassisted, the ghosts are not there. There's just things being thrown around, whatever, whatever. Apparently, if you went to see this in the movie theater, they gave you a special glasses to wear. And as a viewer, you could see the ghost. Wow, that's very
1: interactive when i didn't know that this was a remake of an older movie i didn't watch the trailer i just looked at the link and looked at the stuff it was saying (laughs) on there but yeah that's kind of cool i didn't read that correctly i didn't understand that that's what they meant that they gave it to the audience like the actual
0: (laughs) people watching the movie yes yeah i thought that was actually pretty cool like yeah in the 1960s that's like low-key kind of neat yeah i was like the 60s they could do that like how did they do that i I I have no idea i don't know that's (laughs) That's inventive. In the second fun fact, this is the first film from a major American studio with three Arab American leads. Tony Shalhoub, F. Murray Abraham, and Shannon Elizabeth. After doing some minor research, all three of them are at least part Lebanese, which I did not know. I did not know that Tony Shalhoub was part Arab American. Had no idea. I didn't know that. (laughs) I don't think I knew anything about his heritage or whatever. But I think that's pretty cool, like, to have a movie with three Arab-American leads. Like, I stand diversity. Mm -hmm. I'm Lebanese. (laughs) Think about (laughs) it. Oh, yes. uh, I remember him. He's the worst. Okay. Yes, and the third fun fact Shannon Elizabeth is actually one year younger than Rod Digga, who plays her nanny, Maggie. Am I the only one that thought it was weird for this family to have a nanny?
1: I don't know how they afforded a nanny. I didn't know where they found this nanny. It was an odd little addition. I liked her. I mean, I kind of liked it, but it was just, it was weird.
0: (laughs) Yes, I liked the addition. I thought she was funny. I thought she played the role like. Black people I knew would play the role, like, (laughs) if they were in that situation. But Mm -hmm. I felt like Kathy, the older sister, was old enough to look after her brother, and they didn't necessarily need a nanny. It was just a weird way to incorporate, like, an additional person into the role. It was weird. I just thought it was weird. Yeah.
1: But I kind of liked it was, like, maybe not make her be the, you know, in (laughs) charge of him. So let me get a nanny. I don't know.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, if you want to check out 13 Ghosts, you can watch it on max as of the recording of this episode. So let's talk about our personal connections to this film. Arabia, why do you like this movie so much?
1: Well, first off, this is probably one of the first films like, I was genuinely afraid of as a child. I got shown it by our cousin, Rodney, shout out to him, <laughs> in a <laughs> at a hotel and I was forced to watch it because it was like the only thing on the screen and I was terrified. I'm not scared of it anymore. I mean, nothing really scares me anymore. But then I was convinced that a certain ghost in this was going to get me. I used to be like <laughs> scared to the bone that this specific ghost was going to find me somehow and it was going to do what it does in the film. And I was like, no, because all of the ghosts are very creepy looking and the makeup and it looks really good and they're scary. So it's one of the first like real good scares. Like this, Chucky and Pumpkinhead probably were the only ones that that those really scared me (laughs) when I was a little kid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. By the time this movie came out, I was 11-ish. I've never really liked horror movies, but this is one of the ones that I could stand, that I actually liked. Like it wasn't too bad or horrifying to where it wasn't enjoyable anymore. But for me, there's so many reasons to love this movie. First off, I feel like Tony Shaloub is like a master of his craft. He's like a really good actor. One of my favorite shows is Monk. And of course mm-hmm. he was the title character. So I want to point out that this is another film where he has a dead wife monk was totally about the dead wife <laughs> so oh. like, with tony <laughs> shalhoub and dead wives but anyways he also is in the marvelous something of mrs Maisel. i can't forget the, remember the entire name oh
1: okay i don't watch that but i know what you're talking
0: about it's a good show on amazon prime and he plays the dad so now he's like getting older in age and playing older roles so he's just fantastic. So love Tony Shaloub. I'm also super into learning about ghosts in like a non-terrifying way. And this movie <laughs> does that for me. <laughs> so I feel like it's obviously meant to be a horror film, but it's light enough to not be nightmare inducing. So also like learning about the Black Zodiac is pretty fascinating to me as well. Yes. Had some cool lore, right? I really enjoy getting to see the different kinds of ghosts, and also how the house is like its own character. Like the house is actually a character in this film, and it's actually really lovely to look at. Like I would never live in a house that looks like. Okay. That, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my first thought. I was like, "Oh, this is beautiful from a distance," but I'm not about to live in this yes i don't even know if i would go inside like, right that's what it, i was saying yeah as soon as i saw the latin on the walls i was like <laughs> no 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 let's get the value of this house and sell it because this
0: isn't this isn't yes.
1: family yes. home
0: worthy <laughs> yes because even if it was like a museum i don't know that i would go inside it it is very creepy to me
1: it is creepy like what it's supposed to be makes sense because it like looks like i don't think
0: like, people are supposed to actually be involved in this yes. <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. but, like, the house moves and changes throughout the movie, and it really is, like, a character in the movie. So that's one of the elements that I really enjoy. I also really like Ra Digger's performance. Unlike a lot of Black characters in horror films, I found that her performance was really true to life. I enjoyed that she didn't die first, and I feel like she had, like, a similar attitude to how me or my friends or people I know would react being in this situation like oh Oh. these white people is crazy like (laughs) that
1: only difference i'd have been like yeah i'm not going in there fam i'll wait in the car yes go 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 in there check it out that's the only difference
0: (laughs) yeah her going into the house is probably yeah the only (laughs) the only thing that i was like "Mm, maybe not yeah but despite the fact that she was in a service role which i'm not a big fan of and she is the only black maggie i've ever heard of (laughs) (laughs) her character's name is maggie and i'm like could we think of a whiter name okay Mm -hmm. yes and like i said this movie is always in my halloween rotation i watch it maybe once or twice a year so it's always a good time it's just really fun Mm -hmm. it
1: is fun it's pretty cool it's not like corny to me and like i've watched
0: it as i gotten older i'm
1: like i still i'm not scared of this anymore but it's i like it though it's fun Yeah. Kind of a fun type of scary
0: movie that's not going to really horrify you, but it's just fun to to watch it, you know? Right. Absolutely. So I'm excited to share my perspective on this movie. So let's chat. So in the opening scene, ghost hunter Cyrus Criticos, played by F. Murray Abraham, and his psychic assistant, Dennis Rafkin, played by Matthew Lillard, lead a team on a mission to capture a spirit- Shaggy from- Yes. Sorry. (laughs) I cannot see him and not just think of Shaggy immediately. That's like I
1: don't care what it yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, but they're on a mission to capture a spirit called the Juggernaut. They're in an old creepy junkyard that has been roped off and abandoned and this team is actually pretty large. The equipment looks fancy and expensive and Cyrus pulls up in an old school luxury Rolls Royce like a boss to await the capture of this ghost with Dennis. Now Dennis is having migraine headaches indicating that he is a psychic and that he can sense the violent and dangerous energy of this ghost that they're after. We also see Dennis trying to take some pills to take the edge off so we can assume he wants to quiet the spirits in his head so cyrus knocks the pills out of his hands and he's like i need you clear-headed and it's obvious that cyrus is willing to do whatever it takes to get what he wants you could tell he's not a good person like immediately
1: the name the look he it just was like Mm-mm. cyrus
0: Criticos, and he looks terrifying and the cane <laughs> the suit uh yeah definitely yes bodies <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And he's willing to endanger his crew and subjugate Dennis to mental torment by ghosts. So First off, this crew is wild. I don't know. They
1: sign up for this. They know it's gonna happen because, you know, they bring out the equipment and they're like ready, but they were like, Oh, this is gonna be fine, easy breezy. Like (laughs) I'm okay, I'm down (laughs) for this mission. That's weird. I thought that as soon as I saw them, like, how did he get this many people to agree to do this? It's
0: ridiculous. It's interesting because Cyrus, his financial situation is interesting because some people claim that he squandered the family fortune but then he always seems to have like a lot of money so right. I feel like he probably lured them with money knowing that like 50% of them were going to die <laughs> <laughs> <So>
1: <laughs> money can't do it for me I'm like ghost hunting I'm good we're capturing ghosts and no, I'll right. pass and even right. Dennis is like he said he'll give him a bonus So Dennis was like you don't have the money so it's known that he don't have the money by his people he says that to him so yeah. I
0: don't know. <laughs> I think what Dennis was saying was like, you don't have enough money to get me to stay. Like, I think he oh. was saying, I think he meant it in that way. But uh, maybe God. his financial status was like, Cyrus is broke. <laughs> I don't know. Because he said, you don't but, have to worry about that after we get this done. That's what he said. Okay. Sooner, so I thought
1: that's what it meant. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, so Dennis touches the ground to locate the ghost and he sees visions that call him to writhe in pain. We find out that this particular ghost killed nine people when he was alive and 30 more as a ghost. And Cyrus kept that fact from Dennis. This ghost is terrifying to me. Yeah. (laughs) So it looks like Dennis is just a tool being used to find ghosts and that he doesn't really know or realize what Cyrus is up to. So to sum everything up, they have a cube designed to keep ghosts in and the juggernaut is like this super strong and violent ghost that's able to cause major havoc on this mission. Dennis recognizes that this ghost is not like the others, suggesting that they've captured other ghosts together as well. So when Cyrus hints that he'll have more money by the end of the night, Dennis touches him and gets a vision of a weird machine and lots of money. Cyrus warns him not to get too curious and out of nowhere the crew brings out two people named Damon and Karina. Is it Karina or Kalina? Kalina. I get that mixed up. I think it's Kalina. We're going to call her Miss Honey because. Yeah, I'm about to say (laughs) Miss (laughs) Honey. It is Miss Honey. Yes. So the person who's playing Karina or Kalina, whatever her name is, I wrote it both ways in my notes and I'm going to get confused. (laughs) So we're going to call her Miss Honey. So the crew brings out two people named Damon and Miss Honey. And Damon isn't really important in this story. And Miss Honey, of course, is from Matilda, played by M. Beth Davids. So apparently Damon and Miss Honey are like human rights activists for ghosts. They, yeah. Yes, basically. So they believe that what Cyrus is doing is ghost slavery. So Damon and Miss Honey seem to know more about Cyrus's plan than Dennis does. Damon says that Cyrus will never pull off this without the right spells and the 13th ghost and Dennis is confused because he's like that math don't add up we have caught 11 and this will be our 12th what is he talking about a 13th ghost so Dennis is trying to figure out what's going on because he thought this would be the final ghost the 12th one he's like I didn't sign up for more (laughs) right right and so Cyrus is like nah we need one more after this (laughs) so I was like Dennis must be broke as hell I don't know why he's subjecting himself to this treatment Cyrus is so mean
1: Yeah, he's mean. He lies. Oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Oh, he didn't kill that many people. Actually, he did. Like It's like all these things he keeps (laughs)
0: from. (laughs) Yeah, Dennis is broke and he's like just being treated so poorly. He doesn't have a lot of control in this situation. It's literally a hostile work environment. So Cyrus's orders for bait to be brought out to lure the juggernaut. Now, this was a scene that I thought was very stupid and could have, we didn't have to do this in the movie. I feel like somebody thought like, oh, it'd be a cool idea and let's put it in the movie. It's totally unnecessarily. (laughs) Like totally totally unnecessary totally so the bait is this stupid little work truck that sprays blood everywhere for like two seconds yeah yeah did <laughs> yeah, like it didn't need like to bait a him. meter yes yeah. <laughs> why do you need to bait him when you have the spells that you're going to play on the loudspeaker to draw him in anyway
1: right right
0: and he was already ready to go I feel like the ghost didn't need bait. right didn't make no sense Dennis was like
1: we didn't need bait last time so what's going on <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. Anyways, so they turn on the cube. They put on their ghosting spectacles. They turn on a track of some kind of spell to lure the ghost. So several men, including Cyrus, end up getting killed while the team is able to catch the ghost. A lot of these men get killed in like horrifying ways. They're getting eaten and smashed by all the cars in there and the yeah. One of them gets like folded into the folded, hood of a car. Yeah. That part was the scariest for me when I was younger. <laughs> that that bothered me the most. No.
1: When the man runs into the cell or the cage thing and he's just getting thrown up against the wall, I was like, dang. You knew what that was for. Why'd you run in there? <laughs> like, what? He was scared. I you guess.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So the juggernaut is like this tall, strong, scary ghost that is just Seven mad foot. and violent and murderous yes so we discover after the hullabaloo or whatever that damon is injured injured basically fatally when miss honey screams that he's dying and then next we discover that cyrus has also died with a piece of sharp scrap metal dug deep into his neck so yeah a bunch of people died in this scene including uncle cyrus I
1: was like, now what? You're dead. You were the leader of this whole thing and you just get murdered. I wouldn't have came. I would have been like, this is y'all's job. I'm going to wait back here until y'all catch him. I don't know why he actually needed to be there
0: (laughs) if he's so important. Right. right. But mm-hmm. we find out why later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So in this next scene, we meet the family, the main family that the story is about. We see Kathy, who is played by Shannon Elizabeth. She's the older sister. We see Bobby, who's the younger brother. He's played by Alex Roberts. They have a really big age gap. I don't know how old Bobby was supposed to be, but I would say they have at least a 10 year age gap. Yeah, I think so. Kathy was grown, basically. Yeah, she was like 17. Yeah. They're playing in the yard and their parents, Arthur and Jean Criticos, played by Tony Shaloub and Katherine Anderson, watch them play with the most cheesy happiness ever. This is the cheesiest scene ever to watch the parents, the parents watching their kids play in the yard. Typically, when you have a big age gap like that, I feel like the children are more prone to argue than get along. So this was just the cheesiest scene. I actually hate this (laughs) scene because it felt too cheesy. It's supposed to be showing how happy the family is compared to how unhappy they are later, but it comes across as like super fake to me. I don't know. I don't care for the scene, but They come across as the ideal family. We see some family photos on the wall. And as a camera pans around the room, we hear the audio of a fire breaking out in the house. Jean is supposed to call the fire department while Arthur grabs the kids. But in the end, Jean doesn't make it out of the house and ends up dying due to the fire. She dies at the hospital. I think this is a really interesting way to tell the story of how Jean dies without showing us anything. We literally right. didn't see anything from the scene. We just see the camera panning around the room, and we hear the audio of what's happening. And I was like, "This is like a really interesting way to get us from point A to point B." Yeah, and there's just like
1: screaming and yelling and like get yeah. the kids or she Jean. Then you hear the firefighters. You don't.
0: You see, but you but it paints a really good picture in your head. It does to imagine yeah. what happens. Yeah. And you hear the flatlining when Jean passes away, like Mm -hmm. it paints a good picture and it does it probably in like a, a minute or less. Yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting way to give us some background without having to show everything. So, yeah, we even hear the funeral. So... Yeah, all of that happens. And we see that the once happy family is riddled with grief and past due bills and the loss of the mom slash wife, the loss of their house and the loss of what appears to be their financial stability. So they're down bad. So in the next scene, it's breakfast time. And Kathy, the older daughter, and Bobby, the younger son, are doing breakfast with their nanny, Maggie, who is played by Rod Digga. Now, Bobby has this weird penchant for recording reports of death. Uh, which I figure is his way of dealing with his mother's loss, which is really interesting. He even calls his sister Kathy a little slut for making fun of his hobby. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious.
1: Yeah. And then it's like, no, slut's the wrong word. It's, I would use the word bitch. And I was like,
0: oh, okay. (laughs) It's funny because Tony Shalhoub's character laughs when he hears what he says. (laughs) He does laugh. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. But they're in an apartment now. The apartment is tight. It's small. There's stuff everywhere. They hired Maggie, but Maggie can't cook. Maggie's in there with (laughs) rollers in her hair. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) She looks really embedded into this family. (laughs) She does. And again, based on the past due bills and everything, I don't understand how they have money to afford Maggie. Yeah. Or really the reason why they need a nanny because... Kathy is so old and is probably able to take care of her brother. I don't know. One of the loopholes in the story that we just have to accept. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But in this family scene, it's obvious that things have really changed. Arthur is under a lot of stress. He brought in Maggie to help relieve that stress. But I think Maggie may actually be another source of disagreement, even if it is like the fun banter between her and Kathy or whatever. Kathy and Bobby are arguing instead of frolicking in the yard like they were before. (laughs) So (laughs) we see they have credit issues, they've had eviction issues in the past, and they're getting a visit from a lawyer, and the kids are stressed out they're like oh dang is something wrong with our credit <laughs> Like <laughs> yeah they know all of the,
1: their problems that they're right
0: having. are we getting kicked out again and it's like they have not recovered from their mom's passing and it's so unfortunate like the kids are all up in the business right right and Arthur's barely keeping it together <laughs> and we do learn however that Arthur is a teacher, Math teacher which explains why he can't provide for his family because teachers are ridiculously underpaid mm-hmm So yeah, so Arthur meets up with Cyrus's estate lawyer. Cyrus is Arthur's uncle. So the estate lawyer's name is Ben Moss. And we learn that Arthur has inherited Cyrus's mansion through a strange video message that Cyrus recorded prior to his death. We also learn that Arthur only met Cyrus a few times and that Cyrus was a family outcast for squandering the family fortune. So in this video, Will, Ben hands them a cryptic key to the house that he inherited. This that's key your, is crazy.
1: It's the first clue to be like, huh, this ain't normal. <laughs> this that right. a normal is this house. national treasure? What right. is this? Yeah. It's wide. It's big.
0: It's shaped yeah. funny. Yeah. You can tell it unlocks something horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing good that's coming out of this <laughs> house that has this type of key.
1: I thought it was funny when he was saying that. He squandered the money and I, I think the daughter she was like we're rich and he was like then I said he squandered it <laughs> I thought it was funny he was like you ain't listening
0: <laughs> that's hilarious yeah one of the things that I thought was pretty funny is that during this video Will when Cyrus was telling them about the house or whatever he was showing them pictures of the house. And I was like, is this a video wheel or a slideshow? Is this a TED talk? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing having... Yes, you had pictures and stuff of this house. I thought that was pretty funny. But Cyrus claims that he's giving them the house to make up for the fact that he never really got to know Arthur or have the love of a family. So the house is in a secluded area called Willow Grove. And there isn't another neighbor for miles. Look, neighbors are not always the best, but not having a neighbor for miles is horrifying to me. Yeah, you need to have someone you can run to. (laughs) Right. That's scary financially insecure Arthur basically takes the house I don't know that he really has another choice like where else is he gonna go so the house is only a few hours away from his apartment and I'm like this is a little inconvenient like where is he gonna work where are the kids gonna go to school have they worked all that stuff out so quickly I don't know I no, it's like let's go see what we got <laughs> low-key wondering if they just went to the house to check it out and were supposed to go back to the apartment that night
1: I want to say yes because they didn't bring anything and I just felt right. like they're supposed to go and look at it and check it out and decide what they wanted to do.
0: But they don't get it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. They come to the new house, they go to check it out, and Arthur feels hopeful that things are going to start getting better for them. We see Miss Honey in this weird supernatural lab in like a separate scene full of spell books and articles on ghosts and other things like flares and whatnot, like a whole bunch of supernatural stuff. She's obviously gearing up for something. We even see that there's an article on the wall claiming that Cyrus died at age 57. And I was like, Cyrus looked way older than 57. <laughs> but yeah. come to find out, the actor was actually 61 at the time of fil- filming. So I guess he was around the age 57 and he just looks a little older. I don't know.
1: I yeah. felt bad
0: when I realized the actor was only just a couple <laughs> A few years older than 57. So I guess it's not that far off. But the lawyer and the family pull up to the house and a work truck is there doing like a utility worker is there checking the house out or whatever. The house is very cool. But like I said, I would never live in it. Arabia, what do you think of the house? How would you describe this house? First off, it's nighttime when they roll up to this
1: freaking beast of a house. First off, I'm like, Mm -hmm. let's do it in the daytime. I'm like, yes. as soon as I saw it, I've been like, okay, let's meet up tomorrow morning because this isn't, it's, it's glass, it's all glass, it's kind of square shaped, and then there's there's writing on all of the glass, Latin to be precise, anytime you see Latin in a movie, it's usually never good, so as soon as I saw the writing, I've been like, oh, okay. So we're going to get a, a value. What's the person who evaluates? the Like an appraiser? Appraiser. You're going to tell me how much this house is worth. And we're selling it to the highest bidder. I'm not living here. <laughs> I'm not going inside. I mean, it's beautiful because later the lawyer calls it a work of art. And it, it is, but it's not something... Someone should be living in a home for a family. <laughs> Definitely not children. Yes. Especially with all that glass. there
0: would be hot Cheeto fingers everywhere.
1: <laughs> for real. And who's cleaning that? Windex? You have to make an investment in some windex. <laughs> That's ridiculous.
0: Yes. You have to pay somebody to come clean those windows. <laughs>
1: and it's not just outside. It's in. The walls are made of windows. And it's just, it's too much. And then once you, when they put the key in and it does this, like, it takes the key and it's like, okay, you don't have the key anymore. And it disappears and then the whole doors open up like no
0: no i'm not going in there it's just not happening yeah it's very like transformers because like when the lights come on and everything there's like metal pieces on the house that move around and all the lights come on and you see the house and it's full splendor and glory whoever designed this house was like on point
1: yes they came to work ready (laughs) that was yes
0: it was really cool Yes, one of my favorite parts about this movie. But the utility worker that I mentioned is actually Dennis pretending to work for the power company so he can get inside the house. Because Cyrus died on their last job, guess who didn't get paid? <laughs> Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also like, what is this exactly? Because he's like, yeah, I hope you find these ghosts, but I don't, I don't know what you're going to do with them. But I right. guess... <laughs> Yeah, so he's looking for his money, and I guess he's suspicious of what Cyrus was up to. So, like you said, Arthur uses the key, and we get to see the inner workings of the house. And the house kind of operates like a clock, and it's like a big maze. I don't know mm. if I would know how to get from one room to another,
1: even though it's, it's... see
0: through. It's ridiculous, right?
1: In <laughs> the Right, I would be walking confusing. into walls. Yeah. Yes, yes. And there's like a once they walk in, a like a clock pendulum starts moving. And right. I was like, yes.
0: No. The symbols. Yeah, it's Mm-mm. weird.
1: Mm-mm. Yes.
0: Yes. And you can tell that it's like, it's more of a machine than a house. For um, real.
1: I was like, no one's so supposed yeah. to be
0: in this. It's not for right, real. Right, absolutely. You can put it in the bedrooms <laughs> and the bed stuff, and I, I don't care. No, <laughs> that's not happening. No. Right, right. So in the house, there are tons of cool artifacts that we assume Cyrus has, you know, collected over his adventures or whatever. And it was really funny because Maggie is like, I do not do windows. Yeah. (laughs) I got a whole house made out of windows. I don't do windows. But they really look excited to have a house full of stuff that they can sell. Okay, that's the funny part to me. The daughter was like,
1: this stuff looks expensive,
0: Dad. We could make a pretty thing. (laughs) He was like, yeah, we're going to sell everything Uncle Cyrus collected Mm -hmm. in his lifetime. So (laughs) Dennis, (laughs) Dennis wanders off on his own to figure out what Cyrus is up to, maybe find a dollar or two so he can get up (laughs) out of here. But the uh, family goes into a room that appears to be at the center of the house. And there are these weird nested rings on the floor. And in the center of the rings is a circle that's like spinning. And I was like, nobody is concerned enough for me.
1: I'm like, what is this? Like, what is this? It has symbols all over it. It's and mm-hmm. the thing is spinning, and it's this is wide space. And like, what's this part for? Because there was nothing in there but that. And I was like, is the dining room here? Like, what's this? Yes,
0: right. We don't know the purpose of this room. There's weird symbols on the floor, and there's literally something spinning. Literally something spinning on the floor
1: in the middle. Like, that. yes. What's that for?
0: Please tell me. Y'all not <laughs> asking enough questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, that room freaks me out. And it comes back later, of course. But Dennis starts getting nervous and wants to find the basement so he can leave. Remember, he's like, I need to go to the basement because I work for the power company, whatever, whatever. So Arthur instructs everyone to stay in that room with the spinning circle while he goes with Ben to sign some papers. And of course, nobody listens to him. Look at how cool this house is. You expect me to stay in this one creepy room with the spinning circle? I don't <laughs> think
1: so. so- <laughs> uh-huh. We were all going together to the lawyer's room because there was wherever the other room they go to because we're not splitting up Mm -mm.
0: Mm -hmm. no not in this creepy house so (laughs) dennis like i said of course did not get paid and as he's walking through the basement he has these psychic flashes and realizes that this basement has ghosts in it so we see flashes of creepy ghosts and dennis finally puts on his special ghost specs to see a number of ghosts being held in glass cells and he recognizes them as ghosts that he has helped cyrus catch why would you want a ghost to jail in your house
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> see there's the more clues of like something's wrong even though dennis is the only one to know that like okay these are down here all right but yeah it's pretty yes. crazy and right. then the, the basement looks even creepier because it's like darker yes and then there's all right. of the like mechanical powering stuff like cords and mm-hmm. stuff uh-uh that look even crazier yeah.
0: Yes, it does look very crazy. So Arthur's about to sign the papers in the next scene so he can take possession of the house. But Dennis comes up the stairs all sweaty and in a tizzy to reveal his true identity and what he just found in the basement. So Arthur says, I used to hunt ghosts with your uncle. Very manically. Yes. And in a weird way where he says like 15 words that mean ghosts. Like, why didn't you just say ghosts? And first off, calm down. Because if you come to me
1: ranting and rumbling like that, I'm like, okay, something's wrong with you. I'm not going to want to believe you. But if you clearly state calmly, okay, there's ghosts in this house. I brought them here. I think we should leave. I'm like, okay, maybe
0: we should go. (laughs) Right. Especially since you kind of like tricked your way into the house. Right. You being frantic like this Mm -hmm. makes it worse. So... This was very funny to me because mm-hmm. he just kept saying words that mean ghosts and <laughs> just didn't get to the point. And finally, he's like, ghost. <laughs> and the scene was pretty funny. But Dennis yeah. is like, I'll tell you more as soon as you get you and your kids out this house. Like, get your family out of here. So we switch to a different scene and we see Maggie and Bobby find a room that has like a bunch of little toys and knickknacks in it that Bobby is drawn to. And Maggie happens upon some ghost sp- and so Kathy in a separate room finds this nice like feminine room with like this super comfortable looking bed that bed looks so comfortable Mm -hmm. but yeah so we flip back to Dennis and Dennis is flipping out he's like do not laugh at me because they're kind of the lawyer is like oh this dude has been like harassing my office like I've heard of him before don't listen to him he's crazy and Dennis is like hey like I'm not playing with y'all there are ghosts and cells downstairs and I don't know what Cyrus was planning but it's not good y'all need to get up out of here Dennis is about to leave and he has a psychic flash when Arthur touches him to help him up. So Dennis sees flashes of Jean, his wife who died in the fire. So Maggie, back in that scene, gives the ghost specs to Bobby. So Bobby has the glasses that allow him to see ghosts. While Dennis is having his little flashing issue or whatever, the lawyer slinks away with his own set of the ghost specs. So the lawyer has alternative motives as well.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, the lawyer doesn't play a really big role in this, but I love what they do to him later. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but let's move on. The lawyer slinks away, right? So the lawyer is going through... The basement downstairs, and because he has his own glasses, he's able to see that the ghosts are in the cells. He must have been fully aware that Cyrus was a ghost hunter and trapping them. And he even taunts some of the ghosts. One of the ghosts, he's like, nice tits. Like, (laughs) the, (laughs) the naked ghost. And he just comes across as like a little butthole or whatever. Yeah. So he finds a room that has a briefcase full of money, but when he lifts the briefcase up, a machine is activated because it was on some type of pedal. Like the briefcase was depressing a pedal. And so when he removes the briefcase, the machine gets activated and it locks down the house, starting up some of the other rings on that big machine in the middle of the house. So the lawyer gets confused and suddenly one of the ghosts is released from their cell. This particular ghost is called the angry princess she's naked and she's covered in cuts on her body and she advances towards ben who backs away from her because he just cat called her a little bit Mm -hmm. and he gets sliced in half like through half of his body when one of the glass walls closes on him Literally one of my favorite scenes in all of horror story history.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty clean. And I don't think I've ever really seen anything else like it. And it's so perfect. it just splits him right in half and his like eyes are still moving. And then he slowly slides down the glass and you see the inside of him on both on the other wall. It was gross. He yes. sees like brain and everything's just like sliced in half yuck
0: yes good job yes right and even though the movie is a little older than 20 years old that scene pretty much still holds up it's not so graphically bad that you're like oh that's horrible no it looked real pretty much (laughs) pretty much yeah so we're back to Arthur he's still looking for his family and Kathy is like luxuriating in the bathroom she is like Spraying the perfume. She is taking in the luxury, okay? And the Angry Princess is up in there with her. So I will say this: if you are interested in the black zodiac, you can look it up. There is stuff all over the internet. The Wikipedia page gives you the backstory of each of these ghosts. And for the sake of time, I'm not gonna go over it. So just FYI, that's there and available if you are interested. They're pretty interesting and terrible backstories yeah right yeah these are all people who lived in different time periods that experienced very violent deaths and that's the reason why they're such angry ghosts now because of the type of like torment and stuff that they faced so yeah so the angry princess is in this nice bathroom actually i don't know how much i care for the bathroom i'm a sucker for like a clawfoot tub but the glass floor like the little the cubes on the glass floor. I don't know how much I enjoy that aesthetic or whatever. But Kathy's about to take a bath. She making herself at, home. at I, home. This is the part where I'm like, I don't remember them bringing in any bags or luggage or clothes or anything. You get ready to take a bath for real. Where your clothes at, girl? She just <laughs> starts like pouring.
1: She's like in a commercial where people wash their face, where splashing it, mm-hmm. which no one ever does. And she's just like, Oh, this is so nice. It's weird. I was like, Who does that? And the angry princess is yes. like, Yo, this is my bathtub. <laughs> Who
0: said I was sharing? Right. We see like these kind of two different planes of existence. We see Kathy in a luxurious clean bathroom, but then we see the angry princess in a bathtub full of blood with blood spattered all over the wall, the word I'm sorry written in blood on the floor. Mm -hmm. So, because she's not wearing the glasses, she's not able to see all of this horror around her in the bathroom. And so, yeah, the angry princess is chilling in the bathtub. And right as the angry princess is about to stab Kathy, Arthur finds her and is like, hey, we gotta go. And I'm like, why didn't she still stab her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like she It's not like she moved or anything, but the angry princess does not stab her, even though she totally could have. So Maggie pops up in the bathroom too, and we find out that Bobby is roaming around this house by himself on a scooter. With some glasses that can see ghosts. For real, Maggie didn't do her job. And I
1: was like, you lost her. Maggie him.
0: don't cook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? She don't cook. She don't do windows. She's not watching the kid. I don't know how useful she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So another ghost ends up getting released. And suddenly a voice is calling for Bobby to call downstairs. We see that the voice is coming from a ghost, but Bobby thinks it's Maggie. Knowing darn well, Maggie don't sound like no ghost. No, for real.
1: (laughs) Maggie don't sound like... The ghost is like, come down, Bobby, come down. And Maggie (laughs) don't talk like that. Maggie's like, Bobby, if you don't get
0: down here, that would have been Maggie. So that's what he should have known. It wasn't Maggie. Right. But then a different ghost is saying, Bobby, go back upstairs. And we see that the second escaped ghost is a ghost called the bound woman. So Bobby is getting conflicting messages from these ghosts. The bound woman is saying, come downstairs. And there's a different ghost that we see off of screen or that we don't see off screen telling him, go back upstairs. So that comes back later, obviously. But Arthur, Maggie, and Kathy go back to the front door to find that the house has actually locked them in. The glass is super strong, and Dennis tells them that the house is sealed, and Arthur is like, you're coming with me. Like, Dennis, you need to stay within my eyesight, okay? Like, I'm going to be on you, like, white on rice. That's the
1: one smart thing he does, because as soon as the key was, like, yes. the house took the key, I'd be like, huh, that's very interesting. Why would the house not return the key after I open the door? Right. <laughs>
0: right. Absolutely. Okay, and then Maggie tells this funny joke asking if the lawyer split. It's pretty funny. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he was literally split in half. But more rings are starting to spin in that weird room. And Bobby is still full line in the basement. Another three ghosts get released from their cells, which is crazy. I feel like usually they're released one at a time, but it was like... Three released all together, uh-huh. but Bobby is way braver than me. That basement was creepy. It was he just scooting around Yeah, it there. was so much darker yes.
1: than the upstairs
0: area, and he
1: was like, "Oh, okay, this looks cool," and he just right having fun. <laughs>
0: So while the adults are looking for Bobby, Dennis reveals that the house is made of ectobar glass, which is shatterproof and soundproof, which explains why Bobby can't hear them calling for him. He also explains that the writing on the walls is containment spells. And this is the first time Maggie and Kathy are hearing about ghosts being in the house. We learn that ghosts have to obey these spells so as Bobby is in the basement, he finally sees the bound woman, who's a young girl hanging from the ceiling in her prom dress, and he gets scared. So as he's running away, he trips over his scooter and he also comes across with torso, another ghost who is headless and wrapped in cellophane. What do you think about these two ghosts? When you see the ghosts, they kind of like flash in and out of like
1: seeing them what? whole. And the bound woman, she's like, shaking and like seizing or something she was creepy I didn't like her and then when he turns and see the of uh, the body I was like oh dang <laughs> so, as a kid I'd be totally freaked out as an adult I'm like okay I can run from you because what you what are you about to do you can't really run you're just a body and your head's on the floor but it was pretty creepy but it it looked cool though I will say that
0: yes one thing I will say about some of the Research that I did, and this also applied to another movie I reviewed as well. Is that there are people who are amputees that they use to pull off some of the special effects? Yeah, so the I saw that. torso was actually an amputee who they put like a hood over his head so that his actual head would be removable with CGI or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I believe his legs might have been amputated. Yeah, I think he was a double amputee. Yeah, right. And I also read that something similar happened for if you all Remember the scene towards the end of Terminator 2 when the A-1000 Terminator gets frozen with the liquid nitrogen and he gets broken up? They use the amputee for that scene as well.
1: So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I read that today and I was like, oh, that's cool. I just thought it was all... Not real, but that it was actually
0: a person. (laughs) Right. These two ghosts, the bound woman and the torso, to me, don't come across as scary or as violent as the others. Yeah. Even though the bound woman was like luring Bobby downstairs, it's really the most dangerous thing that she does. Yeah. And we don't really see the torso again really to like the end of the movie right right he's like the yeah. least dangerous because you can't he can't do anything to you really <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yes <laughs> so yeah Dennis back with the adults now Dennis gives Maggie the spectral viewers the I'll call them ghost specs and the glasses reveal hidden barrier spells for even more protection so Bobby of course is freaking out he's seeing ghosts or whatever he runs into a wall and gets knocked to the ground Dennis stops Arthur from going down to the basement but Arthur's like I have to find my son so Arthur bribes him with whatever Cyrus owes him and that's enough to get Dennis <laughs> that's that.
1: enough to get Dennis, get Dennis to, to do anything this is like did I say right. a petting zoo was down there I said no I said ghost I thought it was funny <laughs>
0: <Ghost> <laughs> yes. or right so while Bobby is knocked out he hears someone calling his name through his recording device and it tells him to put on his glasses that voice and then he sees a ghost version of his mother whose prosthetics look like she has fruit roll-ups stuck to one side of her body (laughs) her makeup was the worst and i understand that they were trying to make her the least scary and threatening Mm -hmm. of the ghosts, which makes sense i feel like she didn't really have like a violent passing like burning to death is bad but i wouldn't consider that violent yeah I feel like they tried to make her makeup to where she didn't come across as scary. But you can do better than some prosciutto. Yeah, like, it did that's exactly like, what it looked like. <laughs> I was like, it looked like some kind of meat and I couldn't think of it. Right. Yes. Very like prosciutto on like the left side of her body. And I'm like, this is the worst ghost makeup. I don't know what's going on with that. But the mom is telling him like, go find your sister. And then when Bobby turns around, he sees a dead Uncle Cyrus and Bobby gets snatched up gets cleanly snatched up. (laughs) Yeah, we don't see Bobby again. Yes, we don't see Bobby again until the end of the movie. That's pretty interesting. I don't know where they kept Bobby at the whole movie. Right. (laughs) So all the adults go downstairs looking for Bobby and Arthur wants them to split up. Mistake number one, because the house is too big. That was so dumb he told you there's ghosts
1: in the basement like we know that there's an actual <laughs> threats multiple threats down here and we're going to split up in a, a sound barrier wall
0: house <laughs> no it is dark right. oh goodness that was terrible right he's like we'll meet back in five minutes so when maggie asks about the ghosts and she says that she can't see them dennis realizes that some of the ghost cells have been opened when they weren't before so he gives the glasses to Maggie so that she can see one of the ghosts that's actually still remaining inside of one of the cells. And this ghost is called the Hammer. Mm-hmm. Describe the Hammer for all us. All right. So this right was here. another
1: one that's freaking terrified me. He's probably number two. <laughs> he is this huge, big black guy with these. I was like, what kind of nails are these? Because they're huge. But they're railroad spikes. And that's why they're so big that are stuck throughout his whole entire body. He's like bald and it's like all over his body. And one of his hands is an actual sledgehammer instead of a hand and he's big and buff and there's like blood coming from all of the punctures of the he's scary like what i'm not like him when i was younger yeah he looks intense and he's like you see him but oh okay you got it (laughs) because what are you gonna do that yes you can't really run from this one
0: yeah he's very scary and his backstory has to do with like back in the day in america i think late 1800s he was a blacksmith and like was executed for being black basically <laughs> basically and horrifically it was yeah.
1: terrible what they did to yes him. it was a, a horrible death yes. yes no wonder he's mad like i get him i get him being right yes <laughs>
0: so Maggie is like we need to get up out of here so Dennis flips off the hammer and he has a vision of his own death where he gets murdered by the juggernaut it's a premonition but it comes on we come to find out what that looks like later so Arthur and Kathy find Bobby's recorder and rewind it to hear Bobby screaming they also find a pair of ghost specs so Dennis discovers that the jackal has been released and this ghost is super dangerous. oh my gosh this is the one guys side note
1: before this like when Dennis was looking at the cells that are open and she saw the symbol for the jackal and he was like okay the jackal's out we need to go forget the kid I was like okay so something's wrong with this ghost because he's scared and so like more scared. But yeah, keep going. The jackal is the number one scary person for me.
0: Yes, the jackal is probably the scariest ghost. Interestingly enough, I always assumed the jackal was a woman because they were wearing something that looked kind of like a dress and had long hair but if you read the backstory the jackal is actually a man who was a psychiatric patient the jackal also has some type of metal box on their head Mm -hmm. which just adds to how scary gosh this thing was scary and this ghost is like legit crazy too so right yes that's very true this was a crazy ghost like a crazy person even in life like some of these were like just normal people who ended up were subject to violent deaths and some of these were like crazy people who died or were killed and like were even crazier as ghosts. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those. So yes, right when Kathy puts on her specs, the jackal attacks her and author. So like I said, it has its head inside of a metal box and it looks like it's wearing a straight jacket. And this jackal is just scratching the mess out of Kathy. Blowing like, her up. I was convinced yes. that
1: this ghost was going to find me and claw me to pieces like when I was younger. <laughs> he couldn't tell me otherwise. <laughs>
0: No. Yes, but they end up getting saved by Miss Honey, a spirit liberator who is attempting to free the ghost. So she throws some kind of flare at the ghosts, and the ghost releases Kathy and they have to drag her away while the jackal chases her. This part scared me a little bit. Like she's literally upside down being dragged away and the jackal is chasing her. That's actually kind of scary.
1: Nah, Kathy, I'd have been traumatized. If I was Kathy after this movie, I would have been like, I need help because that one that's much. what the jackal did to her yes
0: yeah that was a lot so eventually the house moves to where a door comes between the adults and the jackal so they get a little bit of a reprieve from the ghost and kathy is just very upset and her dad is like comforting her mind you arthur still loki doesn't believe that there are ghosts in the house right now so this experience is really catching him off guard. yeah (laughs) Yes. So in the meantime, Dennis and Maggie come across a ghost called the Firstborn Son. He's dressed as a Native American with an arrow through the back of his head and a tomahawk in his hand. What do you think about this ghost? Any little boy
1: type of ghost is going to be creepy. Um, The arrow through his head. And he's the only ghost that appears like upside down and like on the side of walls and not upright. So it's kind of like disorienting because you got to look up at him. And he's pretty creepy. Not as like... Terrifying as the
0: jackal or the hammer, but he's like, oof. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's creepy. Okay. So while Maggie and Dennis are trying to escape from this little creepy boy ghost, they come back across the angry princess. Who tries to kill Maggie, but Dennis tells her when to dodge the blows because the Angry Princess has like a large knife in her hand. Mm-hmm. So Dennis is like, Hey, you need to duck over here because Dennis has the glasses right now. So we flip back to Arthur, Kathy, and Miss Honey. And Miss Honey explains that she's there trying to free the trapped souls. She is like the Harriet Tubman. This <laughs> <coast>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's funny. <laughs> So for the first time, Arthur actually puts the specs on and is able to see the ghost. So now he actually gets to see because previously when he saw his daughter getting attacked, it looked like she was just being lifted and cut by nothing. Mm -hmm. Like all he saw was that she was being injured and didn't actually see the ghost. So now Arthur knows that Dennis was telling the truth. So Kalina shows him a book, this heavy book called The Arcanum, that was written in the 1400 by someone named Basilius. According to the legend, Basilius wrote the book while he was under demonic possession. And the book describes how to build a machine that's capable of seeing into the future. The house is actually that machine. So Arthur is like, I don't care about this house. <laughs> like, F this house. We need to get out of here. So, when he turns around to see if Kathy is okay, she This part don't
1: make no sense. I don't know how Kathy got snatched up without them noticing. There's no way. She didn't scream. She didn't make a squeaky noise with her shoe against the glass. It was nothing. They turn around, she's like disintegrated. (laughs) Like, that didn't make any sense. I would have noticed that girl move. There's no way. Because she's back there crying the whole time. And nope. Oh, Kathy's gone.
0: That was one. Not believable scene. But yeah, we don't see her again till the end of the movie either. So, the children are out of the picture, which... I'm not mad, (laughs) (laughs) personally. (laughs) So the house is still moving and shifting, which I feel like is like a cool element of the house. But when Maggie and Dennis see a way out of the basement, the walls shift again, almost crushing them. So Maggie and Dennis are actually forced to separate. And Maggie is the one who's wearing the specs right now. So another ghost gets released We can tell this because these little levers in the machine move when it's time to release a ghost. But both Miss Honey and Arthur and Maggie and Dennis are fighting for their lives in two separate scenes. Miss Honey and Arthur are running while Dennis is trapped in a room with the torn prince, a baseball playing ghost. What do you think about the torn prince? He was
1: kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. His like, when he was like, he died in a bad car accident. So he has like the car with him and he's like posted up against it in some of the scenes. So he looks mm-hmm. kind of cool. I mean, he looks scary because he's like, his skin is all broken up or whatever. But he's kind of like a badass kind of looking ghost. <laughs> not going to lie.
0: Yeah, like a leather yeah, jacket. Yeah, like a James uh, Dean type of ghost. Yes. Yeah, yeah, basically. So yeah, the torn prince gets trapped in a room with Dennis and Maggie has to help Dennis avoid the blows from the bat by telling him to duck. Now, I'm going to call B. Be- on this scene, a little bit because if this ectobar glass is so oh, right, he wouldn't have been able to okay, hear. Okay, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but we'll go with the... we'll let that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll let that one go. Okay, but she's able to tell him when to duck so that he doesn't get beat up with a bat so finally a door opens and dennis is able to get out and then it closes again trapping the torn prince so dennis makes it out alive from encountering this particular ghost so miss honey and Arthur are trying to find their way to the middle room in the house so they decide to climb up through the glass floors which is an interesting i feel like that's interesting that they can go up there i don't know why Because the other people were like looking for stairs, right? Like a normal way to get out of the basement. They're literally moving a glass plate in the floor so they can just climb up through the floor, which I feel like is pretty cool. But anyways, while they're climbing up, the hammer gets released and Arthur narrowly escapes an attack. And then Dennis and Maggie make it upstairs and they come across a new set of ghosts, the great child and the dire Mm -hmm. mother. (laughs) they make me uncomfortable oh my gosh
1: so this ghost, these are two ghosts that are together one of them is this giant man baby he's huge wearing Mm -hmm. a diaper he has a bibble and he has like baby food running down his mouth and all over his chest and he's like bald and he's holding hand of his mother who's like three feet tall and like a little person, like a yes. old looking face and they're just holding hands standing and staring at them and i was like they're not like scary they're just like unsettling like this looks weird <laughs> so yeah. yes
0: yes their backstory was actually pretty oh bad, yeah yeah, too. yeah yeah they were a part of a circus yeah, yeah that was a it bad was. story <laughs> Pretty terrible yeah but while dennis and maggie are running away from the great child and the dire mother they actually come across kalina and arthur who are climbing out of a hole Mm -hmm. in the floor so there's this weird long scene that's just a picture of like roaming through the house and i'm like what the heck is this for i don't Mm -hmm. i don't know but when dennis asks about kathy it's so funny because dennis ridicules arthur for losing his whole family in a glass (laughs) house
1: I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. This glass home <laughs> like, in both your- How do you lose a whole
0: <laughs> family in a glass <laughs> <Yeah>. house? <laughs> he turns around and looks at him like, okay, please give me a break. <laughs> so Dennis ends up getting a psychic hot flash and the jackal comes out of nowhere and attacks Arthur's back. So now Arthur is getting torn up. The jackal actually is probably the most attacking this ghost yeah. in this movie that I can think of. Yeah, he's the only one that really
1: causes most of the blood and the the cuts and stuff, physical damage to the character. I would say. And he keeps popping up because he's fast, too, because he'd be running and clawing. I don't know what kind of nails he got, but he clawed his back up. Oh, goodness.
0: Yes. And then Dennis throws a flare and they grab Arthur. And then we see a new ghost that we only get a glimpse of. She's called the Pilgrimess. And she's locked inside the stocks that she died in. She was accused of being a witch way back in the day like during those times the Salem Mm -hmm. but she doesn't come across as really scary scary.
1: like I would see that and be like okay you're kind of creepy but I feel like you can't really do me much damage because she her hands are locked up and you might run at me or ram me but but yeah she's not as (laughs) as scary as the other one
0: Okay, so now after they see the pilgrimess, they're running from her and they finally make it to the library and the door closes just in time for them to escape her. So we actually never really get to see what she's capable of, which is okay mm-hmm. with me. <laughs> and so we get some more background as Miss Honey and Dennis argue about whose fault this is. Miss Honey says that Dennis stole people's souls for money. And Dennis says, I was a freak and Cyrus accepted me. Okay, so that explains why he put up with... Cyrus's torture. Even though we know Cyrus did not accept him, Cyrus Miss Honey was her.
1: like, he didn't like
0: you. He used right. you. <laughs> right. Absolutely. It's at this point that I realized that Miss Honey's nose ring is poorly placed. <laughs> I feel like, so I didn't pay attention to that. <laughs> I want a nose ring, and I'm so worried that they're gonna put it in the wrong spot. Place so that it looks weird there's like an ideal place that nose rings go to like look the best like in my opinion and hers is like way too high or something it was (laughs) it's like bad i didn't like it
1: they'll mark you and they'll ask you before they pierce you (laughs) so you do get
0: one (laughs) yeah we'll see how that'll go over in my corporate job uh so yeah (laughs) so yeah so they're having a disagreement and it's here where Arthur learns that Jean's ghost the ghost of his wife is actually in the house as well she is ghost number four the withered lover now the way Miss Honey brings it up is as if Dennis knows this and has withheld the information from Arthur on purpose which I guess is actually true yeah so Arthur punches Dennis because he's been lying to him. And Dennis is like, when I put two and two together, I came to the house to help you guys. Right. So that was one of his purposes for being there. So Arthur blames Dennis for everything. And Miss Honey explains that the house is a machine powered by the captive ghost that allows its user to see the past, present, and future. Then they do the overview of the 12 ghosts. I don't feel like seeing that is worth all this, in my opinion. I
1: don't know if he could do, I don't know what his full plan was, the uncle, but like seeing the
0: future, going through all this just to see the future, that seems lame. I don't know. It's not enough to me. The first thing that is coming to mind for seeing the future is financial gain. If I can know if a stock is going to go up in value, I can invest in it and make a lot of money.
1: I guess. Uh, that's but the first thing that comes so to mind. this so much work for that. I don't know. I just thought it wasn't as big of a, a thing to achieve. You got to catch 13 ghosts, t- scary ghosts who killing people. You got to build this crazy <laughs> house, this big, mm-hmm. huge, crazy house. And it's not just, oh, it's a regular glass house. He got all this mechanics. Like, whoever he, the contractor he got for this house, that's insane. And he was like, I need this built. And like, it was just so much work he had to go through. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just thought it was too much for just to see the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, but you can see the past as well. So for instance, if there is a priceless artifact that gets lost, you can see into the past and find it and again, financial gain or whatever.
1: I guess. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I had the power to see it in the past or in the future but i agree that capturing ghosts is not worth it <laughs> <Personally>, <laughs> like for me personally but cyrus is like a cold-hearted old man yeah so for him a person like him that desires power and is willing to do anything to get it i guess it's a small price to pay <laughs> So yeah, they do an overview of the 12 ghosts. Number one, the firstborn son. Number two, the torso. Number three, the bound woman. Number four, the withered lover, who again is Jean, Arthur's wife. Number five, the torn prince. Number six, the angry princess. Number seven, the pilgrimess. Numbers eight and nine are the great child and the dire mother. Number 10 is the hammer. 11, the jackal. And number 12, the juggernaut. So here's how it works. The machine activates, the ghosts get released one by one, and the house draws the ghosts to the center of the house so they can give their ghostly energy to the machine. The goal is to open something called the Oculus Infernum, which translates to the Eye of Hell. Maggie starts ranting about being stuck in the house with these crazy white people. <laughs> <laughs> For real. so whoever like controls the oculus inferno can see the future the past the present heaven and earth and whoever controls it would basically be the most powerful man on earth which is why his uncle designed it so at this point 11 ghosts have been set free and the only way According to Miss Honey, to shut down the machine is through the creation of a 13 ghost that is created from a sacrifice of love. So Arthur realizes that he must become the 13th ghost to save his children. And he has to leap into the eye of the machine to do it. So Miss Honey offers an alternative saying that they can just blow the whole place up. <laughs> <laughs> so Dennis, who at this point has lost Arthur's trust, is trying to dissuade him for sacrificing himself for his kids. Dennis also feels like that version of the story doesn't make sense. And Dennis is onto (laughs) something. Right. But Dennis is like, look, I'm gonna help you find your kids. Right. Like, let's go. So they're armed with the spectral glasses and Arthur and Dennis enter the basement once more carrying the special barrier glass to find the children. They have about 10 minutes left until the poop hits the fan. So (laughs) they're working on it. So Miss Honey and Maggie head downstairs to try to buy the guys more time. They end up coming across the dead lawyer who has split in half and Miss Honey and Maggie make it to the inner workings of this machine. And it is scary. The graphics are okay. They're a little cartoonish for me, Mm -hmm. but just so seeing the inner workings of this house and all of the cogs and the wheels that are moving and all that of the things. That thing blades. was huge. It's like... Yes, it took up most of it's the room. shaped like an
1: hourglass. Yeah, yes. it was shaped like an hourglass and it's massive. And I was like, who built this place? This <laughs> crazy.
0: i feel like a watchmaker or someone who designs like clock towers or Uh something like it it reminds me of that kind of situation or whatever but it's a also how did maggie
1: and miss honey get down to the basement clear his day into that room because the boys took the glass door because they had to go back and look for the kids and they went down to the basement where all the ghosts was and walked through like nothing happened i was like that makes sense i think they went back through the floor huh Oh, I don't know if they went back to the floor, but either way, they did walk. They still had to walk to find that room, and all the yeah. ghosts were down well, there.
0: Well, she remember Miss Honey had a map of the house inside the book, mm. so maybe she, that's how we assume they got there so quickly. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, there's tons of moving gears and blades, and Maggie is like, "Girl, hurry up!" Yeah, <laughs> that <thought> was hilarious. <laughs> And then suddenly Maggie screams because she sees what we think is the ghost of dead Uncle Cyrus. And the ghost repelling flare does not work on him. And then suddenly Miss Honey hits Maggie over the head with that heavy old book of spells knocking her out. So come to find out Uncle Cyrus actually is not dead, but he's wearing makeup that makes him look dead. And he has been in cahoots with Miss Honey the whole time. First off, how did they achieve
1: this? Because when the scene we see him dead in the junkyard with that shard in his neck, I was like, how the heck did he live? So he managed to find him a shard and put up some makeup really quickly and pretend to be dead. I don't get that part of how he achieved pulling off his death.
0: I'm not 100% sure either, but he managed. <laughs> no, it didn't make sense. Well, I guess we're just yeah. going to go with it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to roll with it. Mm-hmm. So Uncle Cyrus faked his death to lure his nephew and family to the house miss honey kisses him gross and cyrus is all mad and he's looking for something we find out that miss honey actually killed damon at the beginning of the movie and stole his spells because they needed it for this house she's basically been riding with him all along and even made sure that arthur didn't get killed in this house full of ghosts so you all Miss Honey in this movie is the ultimate pick me.
1: <laughs> yes. She switched up so quick. Because she was like all badass and warrior mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman woman throughout the movie. And she was like, "Are you? why are you mad at me? Are you okay? Like, I did what you wanted me to do. I was like, dang. She yes. completely turned it around.
0: Yes. Yes. This is like pick energy <laughs> at a whole new level. It's crazy. But we go back to a different scene. We see that Dennis, an author are together in the basement and Dennis sees the hammer coming and he barricades Arthur behind the glass sheet for his protection. So Dennis was doing all right. Kind of dodging the hammers, like you said one of the hammer's hands is actually like a sledgehammer Mm -hmm. and so of course the hammer was like throwing blows with the sledgehammer or whatever and Dennis was doing an okay job at dodging them because he's wearing the glasses he can see them coming and even though this ghost is big and scary he's not fast so Dennis is able to kind of dodge some stuff at the beginning but here comes the big bad (laughs) yes the juggernaut who reminds me of Frankenstein a little bit just more agile Mm -hmm. and super tall he ends up getting released and yeah he can't dodge two ghosts at one time mm-hmm. Dennis gets beaten to death by the hammer and the juggernaut two of the most dangerous ghosts and in the dumbest scene the worst graphics that I've seen <laughs> is when Dennis gets like his back cracked in half <laughs> up against one of the corners and yeah. it's obviously a dummy that's
1: yeah. <laughs> this <has> him. <laughs>
0: yes It's obviously a dummy. So yeah, Dennis dies. I feel like they went overboard with his murder. I feel like they punished him a little bit too much. His death to me feels like the most violent in this entire I feel like from the ghost perspective, they were minding their business
1: in whatever place they were haunting. And Dennis is the reason why they're all in here. So I feel like
0: they took it out on him. They was mad at Dennis. Now that you're saying that, that makes a lot of sense to me. But I feel like from the standpoint of the movie, they're painting Dennis out to be a better guy than he actually was. Like, this is a guy who is suffering with mental problems Mm -hmm. and social anxiety problems because when he touches people, he sees their trauma and their past and all the dead people they know. And he hears ghosts. And I feel like they were not as kind to him as they should have been.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't think he's a bad guy other than catching all these ghosts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like he even had like a worse death than the guy who hired him to do all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because he was beaten. When he got smacked in the back with that sledgehammer, I was like, ooh, Jesus, that looked like hurt. Yeah. They beat him up. They jumped him.
0: Yes. (laughs) I feel like they went too hard on him. It it felt like they were punishing the character a little more than he deserved. But yeah, we're back to Cyrus. We find out that Cyrus actually orchestrated the abduction of Kathy and Bobby so that Arthur will willingly become the 13th ghost, which won't stop the machine like Miss Honey told them, but will actually trigger its activation. Mm -hmm. So Arthur believes that by becoming the 13th ghost, he saves his family and stops the machine when actually he's going to do the exact opposite right so Miss Honey actually has some reservations about putting the kids in danger she's like oh these are just kids like I know you're evil but these are children yeah (laughs) and he's like girl just do it she ends up doing it anyway and then Cyrus puts on a summoning spell on a loudspeaker this is annoying to me because this summoning spell is the whole reason that Damon died why couldn't she just steal the spell and keep Damon alive sacrifices must be made that's what he said (laughs) right right. so the summoning spell calls the ghost to the center of the house and Arthur's wife Jean comes to him in her ghost form with the prosciutto on her face (laughs) before she's called away (laughs) by the summoning spell so Cyrus interestingly enough kills Miss Honey by squishing her between two walls this is the worst death scene in the movie because they didn't try at all oh Like, all they did was distort her a little bit to make it look like she was being crushed and then put, like, one drop of fake blood coming down her forehead. Yeah, It was one of those things that looks like the Gushers commercials. Do you remember those? (laughs) When people's head would turn into a fruit or something? That's how her head was, like, contorted.
1: I read that the Director, or they wanted to uh, make it to where they first was going to have it where you know she gets actually squished and like her eyeballs and stuff popped out and all this stuff. But he was worried that they would get like an NC 17 rating, so they took it out. I read that right, but yeah, that was the worst
0: death scene to me. They I felt like they didn't even really try. Uh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sides was like, I got what I needed from you, (laughs) he did not care, right?
0: Thug life, Uh, yeah, (laughs) so. In the main hallway, Arthur witnesses all 12 ghosts orbiting the clockwork device of rotating metal rings with his children at the center. Again, I don't know why nobody else was scared about this little rotating ring in the room.
1: Mm -hmm. But now
0: all of the rings are rotating all over the place and it's crazy. The effects, now that I'm looking at them, look more cartoonish to me and it's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. The effects of the rings moving. But Arthur who is still wearing his glasses, sees Cyrus and he starts to put two and two together. If Arthur is the 13th ghost, then he realizes that Cyrus actually isn't dead. So he removes his glasses to see a very alive Cyrus who has put Arthur's family in danger for his evil plot. And he attacks his uncle. But interestingly enough, Cyrus gets the best of him and I'm like Arthur you're supposed to be like a young vibrant man but he did get attacked by the jackal he's been up all night yeah probably hasn't been getting much sleep because he's worried about the bills like he's just not at his best (laughs) right yes so Cyrus you know gets the best of him he starts hitting him with his cane or whatever his cane which is also like a sword as well which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And he does his evil monologue, of course, about how small and insignificant Arthur is and how he's been working on this project for years. And Arthur, you don't even know what kind of dedication it takes for me to get to this point. And Cyrus pulls his sword on him and basically says, you are going to jump into this machine and kill yourself in front of your children so that I can <laughs> be in control of the Oculus in front of <laughs> So suddenly the track with the summoning spell gets disrupted by Maggie and she's literally scratching it like a turntable it's like, <laughs> it went, it went, like. <laughs> remember Maggie got hit over the head with the book and was knocked out for a little bit but of course she is awake now I feel like this part is funny but it's also kind of cheesy like <laughs> like but, you know, she saved the day, honestly. <laughs> yes, yes. She starts messing with all the controls in the house and the machine starts going crazy. Uh-huh. So, the ghosts end up getting released because the summoning spell isn't there anymore. And so, they hurl Cyrus. They do the, what is that thing called? Crowd surfing? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> they, like, kind of crowd surf him into the moving rings of the machine and he gets chopped into pieces. And I was like, yeah, right over the kids. <laughs> 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 the way they threw him, the effects was so slow and stupid like it, yeah I, it just looks so slow like the other effects in the movie were pretty good but something yeah about that particular scene i was like dang why is it so slow like yeah it didn't make sense but with the encouragement of dennis's ghosts arthur jumps through the machine safely to protect his children most dangerous game of double dutch i have ever seen <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> i feel like I it wasn't know. Necessary for him to do that because, like, what did you? Was not. Now y'all all stuck in this this little area. It was like a little circle, barely enough room for them to sit on. And I was like, right. what did you jumping in there actually do? Because now all y'all stuck in there. What y'all gonna do?
0: Right. Yeah, I feel like that was a little unnecessary as well. But I guess he just wanted to be there for his children before they all died. I guess. I, don't know. I guess. That's- <laughs> So yeah, the walls of the house end up shattering as the malfunctioning machine rips itself apart. The machine going crazy was actually a little scary to me. Like I would hate to be somewhere hearing something malfunctioning like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty scary to me actually. But this is weird. Maggie was in the same room as the machine when it blew up. How is she Maggie not dead? should have been dead. She should have torn yes. up.
1: <laughs> because that was a huge mechanism and them gears was as big as her so and it all exploded but she made it out she saved the day honestly she did not only survive she (laughs) saved the whole movie by by messing it up just started messing with stuff I liked it I liked that she did that (laughs)
0: Yes, yeah. The house ends up getting completely destroyed, and once again, a black woman saves the day. <laughs> <laughs> we see the ghosts leaving the house in a single file line, and I don't know what's going to happen to them. I mean, are they happier now? Will they just wreak more havoc on the world and go back to the place where they were before? What do you think happened to the ghosts? I feel like they went back to wherever they were
1: before and just got back to their usual business. The juggernaut out here taking people's lives in, in that junkyard. I don't think they moved on. I just think they went. Back to what they were doing before? I don't
0: don't know because the, uh, so when the whole thing blows up or whatever. Arthur and the kids are hugging each other and Jean's ghost appears to them and tells them that she loves them before she disappears. And this time she's in her full glory, like no more prosciutto on the face. Mm -hmm. It's like her spirit is at rest. And I'm like, are we to assume that these other ghosts have a similar type of peace? Or is she just special?
1: I feel like since she didn't really die, you know, know, the fire, she really had nothing holding her here for due to anger and how she died, you know, and her family is safe. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's why. But I I feel like them other ghosts i mean their backstory still i don't know they ain't getting no a resolvement or <laughs> no peace i feel yeah. like they just went back to whatever they were doing before because yeah. the jackal looked crazy like that's the last ghost you see before they all like disappear and he was like he had his arms up but he was like ah or something he was doing <laughs> so i don't i don't think so
0: but at the end of the movie and the ruins of the house maggie says that she quits <laughs> and i don't blame her. <laughs> So that is it for 13 Ghosts. At the end of every episode, we ask if the movie holds up and if it's worth a rewatch. Arabia, what do you think?
1: Oh yeah, it's definitely a rewatch because I, you know, I do rewatch it. I know some, of, most of the, the way it's filmed and anim- like the CGI looks pretty good. Even sometimes it looked like we said cartoonish, but it's not too bad. And it's not like, any dated things that they say in it. Cause it's not that, it's, you know, it's like, it is 20 years, but it's not that old like that. And it's just still, it's still fun and a good story. And it's a fun movie. So I think it holds up still.
0: Yeah, yeah. for me as a person who doesn't really like scary movies, I will say that it's definitely worth a rewatch and that it mostly holds up. This movie is kind of perfect for me. It has the right amount of gore without being unbearable. And you get to learn more about the Black Zodiac, which is like a a little fascinating. Yeah, And there are elements of it that are pretty campy. Like there's still comic relief. Dennis is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Maggie has her funny moments. Even Bobby calling his sister a slut is kind of funny. Like (laughs) there are still these funny like campy elements and
1: i feel like if you need to scare some kids and you want to scare a sibling or something go ahead and throw this one because it
0: worked for me (laughs) (laughs) i don't suggest scary (laughs) okay But in this movie, we have a whole host of villains and only like 10 people get killed the whole movie. So it's not like there's a whole bunch of bloodshed. The house is absolutely amazing. There's a decent twist. The black character survives to the end and actually saves the day, which is true to life. Mm -hmm. And the kids add to the film without having to be in it very long, which I like. Mm -hmm. And uh, overall, the story is pretty good. And I Enjoy rewatching it each year around, you know, spooky season. The acting is okay, but you can tell that Rod Digger was like a newbie to acting. Mm -hmm. But I'm not mad at her performance though, because her newness to acting made her come across as more realistic. So I did enjoy her performance. I will say though, Miss Honey's performance, even though she's a seasoned actress, is probably the worst one in this movie. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, that big pick me energy. I was like, "What? Are you mad at me?" Like, girl. I was (laughs) like, "Oh goodness, the heck happened." (laughs) yes yes so the movie was not perfect though some of the graphics and makeup were questionable I feel like most of the ghosts had decent makeup besides prosciutto face jean and like we said like some of the graphics were a little cartoony and then when Dennis got killed he was obviously a dummy yeah <laughs> whose back was being cracked against the wall <laughs> so some of those things where I was like mm, okay that doesn't hold up per se uh there was some gratuitous nudity that we saw in the movie that I feel like, okay, maybe we don't need to see this naked ghost. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes. And then there are a few curse words sprinkled here and there. I actually feel like this movie is okay as a PG-13 movie, even though it's R-rated. And then there's just some unanswered questions about the movie. Did Cyrus have anything to do with Jean passing away? That's a big question. I'm trying to figure out if he set the fire, if he maybe barricaded a door so she couldn't get out. Cyrus handpicked his family for this and I can't tell if the fire was his idea or if he just took advantage of it.
1: That's what I was going to bring up. I feel like he did it because he's like, I handpicked you for a reason. And so I was like, there's no way he could have known that the fire was going to happen. But, Oh, my cousin or my nephew's wife died. Let me go get her. I feel like he did it. I don't know how he achieved it
0: by just killing her alone. But I think he did do it. Yeah. I feel like it's not very clear in the movie. I don't know if that's what we're supposed to assume or not, that's but I assume. it's not clear to me. Yeah. Mm. We don't know what happens to the other ghosts now that they are released. We know Jean is at peace, but not really the others. Also, why wasn't ghost Jean more helpful to her family? She didn't really show up as often as I would have showed up if I was a dead lady <laughs> for my family. Personally, right. There was nothing if the jackal was attacking my daughter, mm-hmm. I don't know how if ghosts fight each other, but I would be fighting <laughs> Anybody attacking my family. So Jean just was not as helpful to her family. And depending on the type of ghost lore you pay attention to, sometimes ghosts also gain experience. These other ghosts are from different eras and have been ghosts, some of them, for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. So because she's freshly a ghost, she doesn't have as many like ghostly capabilities oh. just yet. Yeah. So yeah. that might explain it, but they don't go into detail. Oh. Another question I have is, will Arthur actually inherit anything? Mm-hmm. Like, did the money get blown up too? <laughs> that's, that's the Lord. <laughs> Will he have to just sell the land? Would he even feel comfortable selling the land that had like a the Eye of Hell machine in it? I don't, is he any better off today than he was before he inherited this stupid house? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I didn't think about that. I don't know.
0: Yeah. yeah. But in the end, overall, I really enjoyed this movie, even with like the unanswered questions. So it's super fun and I'm into it. OK, so Arabia, what do you think the critics and the audience rated 13 Ghosts on Rotten Tomatoes? When I was looking at the, went to look on IMDb earlier today, I accidentally
1: saw <laughs> what it was. I didn't see the people, but I saw what Rotten Tomatoes gave it and it was really bad. But I don't know what the critics rated it. Yes. I personally would have rated it like a probably like between a 70 and 80 an percent. It's not like the greatest movie out there, but I very enjoyed it. So maybe the audience did like sixty. But I don't know what right I do know where Rotten Tomatoes oh. gave it, so I won't say. You can go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the critics gave yeah. it eighteen <laughs> percent. While the audience gave it 49%. The critics always behave. 18 is so bad. <laughs> it is. 18 is very, very low. And I didn't read like more in more detail why they rated it so low. Because like the low key don't care. This podcast is about like how movies mm-hmm. make you feel. As opposed to like um oh, the cinematography yeah. and storyline and the acting. And like being that, you know, super intense mm-hmm. on those things. But for me, I would probably rate it between like 65 and okay. 75 just because there are some elements of like uh these pieces don't make sense I have a lot of questions about the movie but it is still yeah. very good and it's not like a 50% right. like- yeah <laughs> 18 is yeah I really enjoy it. I always have a great time, but 18 is like too Too low. It's not that the
1: story was pretty decent. Like the actual story of it and the way it Mm -hmm. went, it wasn't that bad. I was like, I think that
0: was bad. Right. Yeah. But like I said, I like it because Mm -hmm. it's light horror with a little bit of camp and it has an interesting concept. So take with that what you will. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to our review of 13 ghosts here at sub media reviews. I want to say a special thanks to Arabia for joining me today. Say bye
1: Arabia. Bye, guys. I had fun as always. Yes.
0: So listeners, let me know what you think about this movie. Does it hold up for you? Did you rewatch it recently? Share your thoughts on our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget that in the next episode, I'll be reviewing the 2001 smash hit Shrek with Aaron and Jesse, the hosts of the amazing podcast, The Cage Queens. You won't want to miss it. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Submedia Reviews. I hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane just as much as I did. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows you'd like me to review next, or if you just want to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest at Submedia Reviews and on submediareviews.com don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and if you have a moment please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform your feedback helps me improve the show and spread the word to new listeners so until next time peace out home slices